Hello, and welcome to Faith Facts with Father Howard. I'm Lindsay, here with Father Howard, and on today's episode, we are discussing Advent. So let's get started. Lindsay, again, it is great to be with you. And in order to simply reflect a little bit on on this uh, season of Advent, I can't believe it's Advent already. Isn't it, isn't it amazing? And yet, you you whenever you look at it, you know you have to always say Advent Christmas season because the two are are intimately bound together, as you would Lent Easter season and such. Mm-hmm. So it's it's great to be able to to simply sit down for a minute and and to talk about this holy season that so easily can get lost because of the fact that it is it's couched you know right before christmas and you know what we tend to do from from thanksgiving to christmas you know is that that's buying season you know no and and oftentimes we don't think about the fact that liturgically we're not there yet, and though there may be Christmas songs, I have heard them as early as uh, Labor Day, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in over the years. Uh, a lot of times it, it, the music didn't start until at least, you know, Thanksgiving. That seems to sometimes get earlier and earlier and earlier. Mm-hmm. But there's this whole season of Advent that, Advent that liturgically and spiritually can really make a difference in people's lives. Now, we really can't start, you know, reflecting on Advent uh, un- unless we really take just a peek at the whole liturgical year that that we as a people are faced with, as Christians, as Catholics, I should say, are faced with. Because, you, you know, that, that whole liturgical year is started the first Sunday of Advent. Mm-hmm. We go into this year, we go into year B. We were in year A. We're now entering year B. And and for those that don't know, what is that exactly mean? Year, the, the, the new, when they put together the new liturgical calendars and all of that after the second council, it used to be there was simply uh, one rotation uh, during the year of, of the liturgical cycle of readings and, and prayers and all of that. With the new liturgy as they put it together, they made three cycles for the Sundays. Years A, B, and C uh, for the Sundays. So the readings were, you know, switched around. Otherwise, they were always the same every year on every Sunday. And then for the weekday, they made two cycles, uh, year one and year two. And so uh, we just finished year A. Which is Matthew, right? Which is We Matthew. highlight Matthew. doesn't mean Correct. we... Only read Matthew, but... But it is emphasized. Matthew is emphasized. Year B, Mark is emphasized. And year C, Luke is emphasized. Now you say, well, what about John? (laughs) Well, John is used through any number of the key seasons and is kind of a Mm fill-in for each of these uh, wherever there is kind of needed. So John is kind of used as the filler and are the primary... Uh, is the primary gospel when it comes to uh, Easter and 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 a lot of those key mm-hmm. seasons. Um, so it goes A, B, and C. So we just finished A, Matthew. We're going to be entering B again, Mark, and then your C is Luke. So Advent begins it all, and the year is ended, which we will celebrate 
uh, on the I forget 21st 20 on the 23rd uh, this year the 23rd I believe no no I'm no, sorry no, no. no you're a week early yes um, it's the 29th that's the first Sunday of Advent, Advent yeah the 22nd Second. is the feast of Christ the King of the Universe yes everything we do from the first Sunday of Advent when we started last year through Advent, Christmas, Ordinary Time, Lent, Easter, everything we do is to bring us to this ability to more clearly and more uh, emphatically to, to proclaim Jesus as King of the Universe. Everything is to help us to do that well. And then that ends our liturgical year. So then, after Christ the King of the Universe... Then we, we move into Advent again. So Advent begins the cycle all over. And we have an opportunity for us to be able to, to prepare ourselves, you know, for this feast of Christmas. Um, not only Christmas of past, but, the, you know, the, the coming that took place with Jesus. But the final coming that is yet to be. And so the Advent time is really a time of preparation, a time of celebration. And so it's, uh, when you think about the season, uh, you have the Advent Christmas season. That's kind of a block. Then you have a short, a short block of, of ordinary time where we don't celebrate anything, uh, any particular feast or, 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 or celebrations. And then you move into the Lent Easter season, and that goes from, you know, the 40 days of Lent through the 50 days of Easter. And then you have a big, bigger chunk of what they call ordinary time. So there are four blocks that, that the, the liturgical year consists of. Advent is the beginning which prepares us for celebrating the marvelous feast of Easter, and not only that feast, but you add into the Feast of Easter, um, the, uh, the Feast of Easter, the Feast of Christmas, I should say, the Feast of Christmas, is that you have Holy Family, you have the Feast of the Epiphany, and you have the P Feast of the Baptism of the Lord, and you add into there um, the Solemnity, the Feast of, of Mary, the Mother of God, on January 1st. So there's a lot that we celebrate in this block, you might say, that consists of, uh, of the Advent Christmas season. And so sometimes, again, um, I remember when I was in Kenosha, I remember I, was, I wasn't living at the parish, but I had to go down uh, 75th Avenue and uh, 75th Street, I should say. Avenues ran north-south, streets ran east-west. So 75th Street... And I would go from where I was on 39th all the way to 14th, uh, where I was living. And I remember this was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Christmas Day. And the large number of Christmas trees that were already out by the garbage, mm. by the street, by the curb. And, and we tend to think of it that way, that, you know, uh, Christmas is done, presents are unwrapped, let's get rid of the tree... And let's get on with the normal life when for the Christian, 
uh, when for the Catholic Christian, I should say, is that Christmas goes all the way through the baptism of the Lord and uh, through Holy Family, Epiphany. So we got a number of weeks that we as a people are celebrating this marvelous feast of Christmas. Advent prepares us for that. So Advent, in a way, is, has, has kind of a two-prong. And if you look at the readings, and we're going to be taking a look at that in, in the future. If you look at the readings for Advent, the first two uh, weekends, the readings for the first two weekends, weekends, is that they emphasize and speak to the Old Testament hopes of what the Old Testament people were promised and what they hoped for. That's really the emphasis that of the of particularly the Old Testament readings, and even of the of the New Testament readings, speak to that and reflect on that a bit. That the people were promised something of the Old Testament. What were they promised? That the Savior would come. <clears throat> and they went through a lot of ups and downs <coughs> in order to uh, to make sure that that was not forgotten. Uh, the prophets speak of it. All you know, the uh, the wisdom literature, all of it speaks of that, of the fact that there is something wonderful to come. And they celebrated that, and so there's this this time of anticipation. We know it's going to happen. We just don't know when. The closest thing, I, in many ways, I can really compare this to. But even you know, sometimes the image is sometimes getting weaker. But it was the idea of a pregnancy, is that you knew the child was going to be born. You didn't know when. And I remember, you know, growing up as a, as a child that, you know, sometimes you say, well, it could be early. It could be late. It could be on time. Only God knows. Today we're losing some of that because of medical advancements and all of that. Mm -hmm. But the idea was is that for the Old Testament peoples, is that you knew it was going to happen. And that's why even in the, in the scriptures you talk about, stay awake, be alert, don't, don't let down your guard. They knew it was going to happen. Make sure that you are ready to see it when it does. Unfortunately, some of our Gospels speak to the fact that they didn't see it. You know, they missed <laughs> it. However, that's more or less the emphasis of that. The second prong to Advent in many ways speaks of what Christians Christians are hoping for because Christmas does Christmas though it remembers the birth of a child but that child was born and grew up and we know that child became was Jesus. That coming that happened in the past. Christmas is not simply about, you know, remembering baby Jesus. We remember baby Jesus because of who he was and continues to be and is. Otherwise, it would have been thus one more baby born in poverty and, you know, and baby grew up and baby died and that's the end of baby. But because of who Jesus is and continues to be, is that we celebrate that birth um, whenever it took place, and we don't know when it actually took place. 
um, is that we celebrate that birth because of what it speaks to us about, of the one it speaks to us about. But we also celebrate the fact that this birth and life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ points to the fact that there is the final coming that is yet to be. And so the second two weekends, they speak of, that, of what we anticipate as a people of faith. Not the people of, of, of Moses, but the people of the gospel, the people of, of the apostles, the people, the Gentiles, all of those peoples. It speaks of what we are yet, you know, ready, uh, or what we have to anticipate. And the same message that was given in so many ways to the, uh, by the prophets and such to the people of their time, that same message comes to us through the Gospels, and it says, stay awake, be prepared, don't get caught off guard. Every single day is an opportunity for us to live the best we can. Every day is an opportunity for us to anticipate this second coming and not to be caught, you know, unaware so that lest we become like those in the time of Jesus, lest we become like those who missed it completely and were not able to see the, the Savior, you know, that was right in their midst. And so Advent really, you know, it, it points to it points to it points to history and, and, and all of that, but it does so because what we are yet to become, what we are yet anticipating, and how that final coming will be then for us when hopefully we will enter the kingdom and then we will be given you know eternal life uh, in the kingdom of God. So Advent you know, has this, this, this flavor, you might say, this, this sense of, of, of what has been, what is, and what is yet to be. It's a lot in four weeks. It, it, it really is. It really is. And there are those who have proposed that Advent would be stretched out more. Um, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, but it's, it's realizing that, um, and, and part of this realization is that, uh, in, in the Christian world, in the, in the Catholic world and such, is that uh, Advent, uh, Advent of Christmas is only second to Lent Easter. Uh, Easter is still primary. Mm-hmm. Um, Advent Christmas, a lot of the hype is because of the commercial. And that's the unfortunate part where we can lose the spiritual flavor because it provides us an opportunity as individuals to take a serious look and saying, what do I need to do to really be more alert, to be more aware? And this is where Advent also garners some of its uh, penitential flavor, because there's also that piece of it, where we, we are able to take a look at our lives and in many ways, you know, a person that looks at their own health and well-being and saying, what do I need to do to be healthier? What do I need to do to recognize who this child was? I can celebrate baby Jesus. That doesn't mean I'm a believer. 
There are a lot of non-believers who celebrate baby Jesus. Um, but a believer celebrates not just baby Jesus, but the incarnation. That we believe that the divine became human. Just like us, you know, flesh and blood. While, you know, you know, the divine, you know, existence still remains full and entire. Is that, but also human at the same time. And saying, what do I need to do to open myself to grow in an appreciation of what that means that somehow, you know, God thought so much of us and continues to think so much of us that the Divine One became one of us in order to show us, you know, what we need to do. In order to be an example for us, what do I need to do to grow in an awareness? And, and that takes time. You know, I, I, an example that I would have would be that as a child, as a young man, I certainly could not and did not appreciate everything that my parents did for me. You know? Um, and I know that sometimes I would fall in the pity party and sometimes I would get upset for for foolish things. I look back and say, no, foolish things. Because I could not appreciate, simply at times, and I think many of us are not even capable yet of appreciating one we haven't lived long enough. It might be the rare, rare person that can. But we just haven't lived long enough. And it's not until that we have lived long enough and ex experienced life and sacrifice and loss and gain and suffering and healing and broken hearts and mended hearts and loneliness and, and, and relationship, when we've experienced all of that and more, do we begin to understand what our parents have done for us and to appreciate that in a whole new way? Um, and in many ways, when you think of, of, of a person growing in their faith, is that I don't think that in some ways we are capable of, of understanding until we have gone through, you might say, some of that picking up of our cross, as Jesus says. We must pick up our cross and carry it. Until we have experienced life and death, heartache and healing, hope and darkness, that we've experienced all of those things that Jesus experienced, that we begin to grow in an understanding of what it means truly the sacrifices that were made on our behalf, not because we deserved it, but because we are loved that much. And that then calls from us, you know, you might say there's a price in sense you pay. When you, when you begin to, to know, you know, when you begin to see that more clearly, you can't say you don't know anymore because to say you don't know is sin. That's just plain sin. But knowing and appreciating and embracing then allows us and, and beckons us, demands of us in a way, to live in a whole new way. Because now we know. Our eyes are opened. Our hearts are opened. Our minds are opened. Advent allows us to do all of that. Or at least invites us to continue to move on the journey so that we are able to celebrate Christmas 
with a much greater appreciation. You know, um, you know, in some ways I think about this, you know, when a, um, a three or four year old is going to get a new baby brother or baby sister, you know, it's like, I don't want one. I don't want one. I don't want one. <laughs> and maybe for a while doesn't like their baby brother, baby sister for lots of different reasons that only a three or let's say four year old can know. But over time, you begin to love, appreciate, and see what that baby brother, baby sister, what it has brought to your life. Joy, and maybe some not so joyful things, <laughs> you know. Um, uh, gain, but maybe it also demanded of us to give something up. And that's not always easy. I think of the same thing with parents. You know, when, when a child enters their life, their life changes forever, changes forever. Until the day they take their last breath, they will never, ever be the same. Again, I use some of those images because if we genuinely wish to celebrate Christmas, it's not just about the pretty tree. That's the commercial piece of it. And it's not just about a little baby in a manger. Sometimes that can be the commercial part of it too. Although it, it certainly has um, many rich uh, religious underpinnings. But it's about appreciating what this child, the birth of this child, how it changed everything for us. Not because we wanted it, but because God has blessed us with it. Not because we always appreciated it, but because we can grow in an appreciation of the gift that it is. Advent allows us to do all of that. Advent, Advent allows us to be in that in-between time in saying, what do I need to do to be better at this? So it's not only penitential, and that's not even the emphasis on it. Um, it's a piece, and unfortunately sometimes that kind of took uh, front and center when it should not have. That's Lent. <laughs> that's Lent. But Advent is, is being able to be comfortable in that in-between and in that waiting time, anticipating something wonderful to happen. Knowing it will, just not knowing when, not knowing how, but being open to whenever that takes place. And to anticipate and be ready to allow our lives in some ways to be changed all over again. And to start the process of being able to go through the celebration of the Christmas time, the Lent time, the Easter time, the ordinary time when things are just as they are, and to know that all of that will help us to once again in, you know, 2021 to proclaim Jesus as King of the universe all over again. And then we start the process <laughs> all over again, you know. Well, Advent is a marvelous time. Uh, of reflection, evaluation, um, anticipation, hope, joy, even, you know, and, and we'll talk a bit this about this in the future, but uh, there's that whole uh, third Sunday where it speaks of rejoice, rejoice. We call it Gaudete Sunday, rejoice, rejoice. Um, is that there is a lot to be joyful for. 
uh, not for the number of presents under a tree. That might be nice. But if there were no tree, we still have a lot to be joyful for. And the church provides this marvelous season, you know, to do just that. That's sometimes why it, it, it's important that it doesn't get lost. Now, having said that, uh, no, my middle name is not Grinch. That's not what the G <laughs> stands Scrooge. for. Yeah. Um, is that, you know, to, to allow this advent and anticipation is that we can use, you know, like, like we have, again, like I've said this before, we've done for centuries, we can use the, the season of anticipation, you know, for Christmas and kids are, you know, oh man, you know, to watch them, they know what anticipation is. And, and they don't know when and how, and because time time has no meaning in so many ways for them. You know, if you said it's an hour or you said it's 500 years, it's all the same for them. <laughs> but to to see the anticipation of, of, of joy and hope and possibility in the eyes of children, um, whether they get a little or a lot, there is just this excitement that we can use that to our advantage and say, how do I need to be a little bit more like a child? How do I need to be a little bit more like that, that free spirit that, that just, just can't wait? <laughs> it's like, I just can't wait. <laughs> and, and to know something wonderful is com coming and we just have to wait. And, and, and are sometimes we are just, you know, so excited that we just can't stand it anymore. In ways, as adults, we need to be more like that. That we say, we just can't stand it anymore. And, and the celebration comes and, and we are reminded that the Word became flesh. We are reminded that, you know, the Word always was. And, and we are rooted in all of that. <clears throat> We are reminded of God's tremendous love. And in the future, you know, we had talked a bit about this before this, this taping, that, um, that in the future we are able to celebrate those key feasts of the Christmas season that speak to us in so many ways of, of the tremendous blessings. And, and, and we'll have an opportunity. I, I look forward to an opportunity to talk about that. Anticipation. Yeah, because my mind is just kind of racing. And, <laughs> and it's like, okay, don't get ahead of yourself, Howard. Um, but to say Advent can, can stoke those coals. Can mm -hmm. stoke those coals. So a little practical, when you come into a church for Advent, we have purple. Correct. Lots purple. Why? Purple, again, part of that is the the colors of the dawn. Part of that is because of the a bit of the um, uh, penitential season. Um, when the colors now used, it used to be just purple, purple. And, and so over the years, for a while there was blue, and, and, and we don't use that anymore. Because it was simply because one of the reasons that it's not a Marian feast, that's, that's not what we are here for, is that it is about anticipation. And so what you'll find oftentimes that the they'll use a burgundy, something that speaks more of the, the colors of the dawn, hmm. of something yet. So so it's not quite the 
the Lenten purple that we think of. Yeah. But it's purple that has a little bit more red in it, in a sense, to speak of the colors of the dawn. You'll also notice, again, during the, sometimes we, we know these things is that instinctively, but also visually, is that the decorations are to be very simple. The, the focal decoration is really the Advent wreath, you know, that speaks of, that speaks of the uh, light of Christ, that speaks of the, you know, the circle speaks of eternity, uh, speaks of, of waiting, you know, the candles, one lit, speaks of the uh, rejoice, rejoice with the pink candle, mm -hmm. referred to as Gaudete Sunday. Um, so, but the, but the, uh, the decorations are to be very simple. Again, the focus is, is not on the crib, you know. Um, it's on the waiting. It's on, you know, the crib. The only reason the crib makes sense is because of what, what, what we believe. If Jesus had not died, had not lived, suffered, died, and rose, crib becomes meaningless, becomes meaningless. Um, but because of who Jesus is, was, continue, was, is, and continues to be, is that the crib has meaning. But that meaning is not to be the center of attention. That is for what we celebrate. And when done well, is that a crib, a crash scene, uh, really began by Francis of Assisi, mm. is that can speak to us, again, of hope, anticipation, can speak to us of family, can speak to us of, of giftedness, can speak to us of, of all sorts of things. Um, and, and there are so many meanings, you know, of what that, of what that crib can speak to us about. Again, our, our hope is that it doesn't get lost in the commercial. Mm -hmm. um, so th there is a simplicity. And then for Christmas, you know, the kind of you pull out all stops and 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 you um, you set you you decorate and such. Uh, always, always though, again focusing not in the crash scene, but focus focusing on the table of the Eucharist and table of the Word, because it's from there it's proclaimed the Word became flesh. Jesus the Christ is born. He is the Son of God. The incarnation. All of that is proclaimed in these marvelous scriptures. And that's, so it's, it's, it's a wonderful time of celebration. Lovely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Advent, when you think about it, Advent has been around, you know, it's been around for a, a long time. Um, the you know it's it's part of the um, it, it's really since the first see it says here that, that when I was doing a little research that uh, it's been since the ten tenth century that's the nine hundreds that's a while yeah it's a while <laughs> that the first Sunday of Advent marked the beginning of the church year in the West um, that so it it goes back a long ways you know as you know, the first centuries, obviously, we're getting our act together, you might say. But the celebration was always there that um, Christmas, the birth of Jesus, um, and again, we'll speak to that in time, but uh, was was not always celebrated on December 25th. At one time, it was celebrated in November. Another time, it was celebrated in June. Another time, it was celebrated in July. Over the centuries, it was centered in December 25th. And because there were those 
probably still are those who believe that that actually was when the child was born. We have no data as to when the child was born at all. Uh, midnight Mass became then the, the focal point over the centuries because that was believed to be the actual time when the child was born. Wow. Midnight of 12 a.m. of December 25th. And so lots of different things. But the, the Advent season so has been around a long time. And it had waned for a while. Uh, again, when I think about um, the uh, early 60s and such, when I was old enough really to remember some things, you just never talked about Advent much. You talked about Lent hmm. because we always had to give up something. Sure. But you never talked about Advent. <laughs> it just kind of got lost. It's just there and, yeah. between Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so though it was always around, um, it just didn't, not much was ever done with it. And uh, for lots of reasons, but <clears throat> it was in the 70s then again, after the council, when the liturgical year was revived uh, and, and really an emphasis given on that, that Advent really took on a whole new meaning and flavor. That Advent took on a, you know, a real sense of, of anticipating something in joy. Um, unfortunately, at the same time, the whole commercial thing started to rise more and more uh, in, in, in to the forefront. But, but I believe that really, if, if, we, if we as a church do this well, it's not that we ignore, it's not like somehow, you know, the commercial and the buying and the presence and all of that stuff, you know, you snap a finger and it magically goes away. That's not what Advent is. <laughs> it's being able to say during this time, and I think this is important, it's able to say with a clarity, that's not what's important. Yes, it's not that you can't have fun and, and you can buy, be generous and be kind and absolutely, you know, all of these marvelous things that are part of the commercial can really, uh, can add something to our lives. Mm -hmm. But it helps when celebrated well, Advent is able to say, but that's not what's important. It's a peace. This is truly what is life-giving. This is what will bring joy and hope. This is what will help you to come to know the happiness that you seek. No, excuse me, no matter what you're faced with, no matter the challenges, no matter the hopes, no matter the dreams, no matter the disappointments, no matter what it might be, is that this is what brings meaning to all of that. And this is what reminds us that God has certainly not abandoned us in the midst of it all. And there is reason to hope and to have joy and to wait patiently as hard as that can be. <laughs> Advent's a wonderful season. It's a wonderful season. And then right in Advent, we also have a Marian feast. Yes. Uh, we have the Marian feast, uh, December 8th, of course, the Immaculate Conception. Um, again, it's it's that reminder that, you know, when, when you think of with, with Mary, <clears throat> that she was... Uh, conceived without sin, is that it's it's again it's a reminder of just how much we are need we need God, and and that our lives are so much better when we think about Mary and and we uh, celebrate the feast of the Presentation, for example, in November. 
uh, that it's it's just a powerful reminder that Advent also does is that it reminds us of how much we need God in our lives and the the grace uh, that God brings to us when as we are open to that and what is possible you know as we continue to say our yes to God so we have the feast and then we have you know when you think about the again another Marian feast is Our Lady of Guadalupe now it's it's not a you know an obligatory feast you know but but for the Latinos, uh, Latino peoples, and for many of them, not all, but many, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe is terribly important. It speaks of hope. It speaks of, of welcome. It speaks of, of richness. It speaks of generosity. It speaks of just so much, you know, again, light and darkness. And um, when you celebrate and, and engage in the Mañanitas and and the so many other of the rituals that that particularly the Mexican peoples uh, of Mexican descent and, and and so celebrate with that. It's 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 a wild celebration. <laughs> it's just a wild celebration. And I had the privilege uh, with with one of the parishes that I worked with, St. Joe's in Waukesha, had the marvelous privilege to be part of some of those celebrations and the joy that those that the folks have. The you know, sometimes they don't have anything. I mean, they have nothing. But to celebrate those those moments of joy and richness, um, these are things that that are in some way, in many ways, can be wrapped up in 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 the hope, um, the anticipation that that uh, that Advent speaks of. You know, as we approach, you know, this this solemnity of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Again, just just marvelous opportunities, and you know when you think about what November and and part of December, you know Advent uh, beginning usually at the, at the very late part of of November or the beginning of December, depending upon the year, mm-hmm. is that you have Thanksgiving, you have you know the presentation, the feast of the presentation, you have you know uh, the our, uh, the Immaculate Feast of the Immaculate Conception, you have Our Lady of Guadalupe, you have you know, so many different ways of celebrating the goodness of God, all in this rich season that that kind of you know uh, um, places a, a canopy over all of them, and saying we are an incredibly blessed people, an incredibly blessed people, and uh, Advent speaks of all of that, speaks of it all. Yeah, so we hope that you have a good. Advent. Absolutely. Prepare excitedly. Yes. Await in hope. And uh, I think we'll leave it there. Yes. And we will see you next time. Absolutely. Have a blessed Advent, everyone.